Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community. This week, my guest is... Lilianda. Thank you for being on the podcast. Of course. Glad to be here. Is there anything you'd like to promote at the beginning? Do you have a Twitch or a Twitter or YouTube or anything you'd like to promote? Um, well, my Twitter handle is at GGLilianda. Um, the only thing I'd really like to promote is my community that I have. It's New Meta Gaming. You know, we are just mm-hmm. a community that's about positiveness and bringing together, like bringing each other together, and making the hardest games fun. Mm-hmm. And that's what New Meta Gaming is about. Our community is thick, and mm-hmm. we're we're a huge family. So well, very anyone cool. is I'll, welcome to join. Very cool. I'll definitely put any links that you'd like in the show notes. Absolutely. Thanks. So, since we focus on Magic the Gathering, the best game in the world, of course, right. um, <laughs> how long have you been playing Magic in general? Well, I've been playing like tabletop Magic for a couple of years, just casually. I haven't done any tournaments or anything like that. Um, there was a card store that was by my house that we went to for a while, ended up closing down, Hmm. Went to another card store, ended up playing there for a little bit, but it's a little bit further from us, so mm-hmm. we don't frequent there very often. So my experience really for Magic the Gathering Arena comes from tabletop magic. Oh, I see. Well, a little bit about myself. I played magic back in the 90s, and uh, no, I don't have any Black Lotus. And yeah. uh, so I played between about 1995 and 1999. So you kind of look back on history and magic, and that was sort of like the very low power era. Uh, they, they were sort of afraid of what they had created uh, in 93, 94. So they kind of really lowered the power down from like 95 to 98 or so. Um, right. and that's when I was playing, but that's my time back in the day, fourth edition, Ice Age, all those great extinct sets. Right. I definitely have more experience with, um, I believe they, they, they call it kitchen table magic is like what they, sure. they called like casual magic, you know, because I definitely tried to get into the standard decks, although I didn't have enough time really to sync and learn mm-hmm. the meta, you know, because Magic the Gathering has its own entirety of meta. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like an ocean, yeah. you know, it comes and goes at its own pace, so... Card game is amazing, truly. Yeah, definitely. When I first played it back in the day, I I didn't know anything, you know, any meta that was going on. I just tried to put some decks together from the cards that I would get and the boosters that I would buy at Toys R Us. So I didn't know anything like that. Exactly. Uh, I I had fun with my brother, with my best friend in high school, with anyone else. And then kind of when I went into college, uh, ironically, I kind of stopped playing when I went to college. But I'm sure there were plenty of people that would have played. I just I kind of fell off for a long time. You just never know who to ask because the most random people play Magic the Gathering, the most unexpected people. Definitely. And then so I stopped for a long time until I started again in uh, late 2017, right after Hour of Devastation. So I have a huge gap of knowledge in, in Magic, but I've been playing it pretty much nonstop since then, 2017. Oh, that's awesome. Now, what, re- what colors do you play? I know this is your podcast, of but <laughs> no, what, no problem. What, what's your preferred deck? Oh, I back in the day I used to play. Well, we didn't call it Demir, but we played Demir back. I played Demir back in the day, black and blue, uh, mm-hmm. and I still seem to gravitate towards black and blue nowadays. And I like to throw in some, you know, some good old fun hand disruption and stuff like that. So making my right. opponent discard cards and yes. just 
uh, evil creatures and stuff like that. So I still gravitate mm-hmm. toward uh, black and blue and um, a little bit of uh, Orzhov. So some black and white as well. Ooh, very nice. What about yourself? Um, personally, I've been for actual tabletop magic. I, I, I have a black green deck that I hold close to my heart that <laughs> I've been playing with for a couple of years now. It's uh, similar to the one that you described with the discarding cards. Uh, re- it's a removal deck, mm-hmm. mainly. But I also have a couple of Kraken cards in there that I'm able to cast <laughs> from for, for free, essentially. So it's, it's, it's a pretty nice deck. I like, I like that one. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, there's something just about uh, the black side of the color pie that appeals to both of us, apparently. I know. <laughs> Now, there's an article uh, that I mentioned on a previous podcast, and I'll link it again in this uh, episode. But there's this great article that I came across recently that was about, like, life explained by the magic color pie. And uh, this writer who wasn't a big magic player uh, Mm -hmm. sort of looked at all the colors and the philosophy behind the colors and explained how personalities relate to the color pie and like politics and family and everything. So it's like the secret of, of life and the universe and everything is in the color pie. Wow, that is so interesting. I really want to read that. That is fantastic because, you know, I've always wondered if people like kind of reflect a piece of like themselves in the deck that they play, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think so. so. It's cool. just such a great creative game. Uh, so many pieces to this puzzle that it must be that people's personality comes through. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of something that I love about magic, too, is that like you can interpret it any way that you want to. You know, you can go against someone who has a removal deck, but you have a regen deck or a control deck and you know you're just able to maneuver in all different ways it's so interesting mm-hmm. it's it's more dynamic than any other card game by far definitely and it's just uh, amazing that it's been around 25 years and that now it's evolved into magic arena so how long have you played magic arena itself i actually heard about magic the gathering the arena from a influencer from a company that we are affiliated with it's akupara games i believe Mm. yeah akupara games yes um and his name is richard at animated break and he put out some amazing words about this game he'd probably love to be a guest here also just throwing it out there um he actually is the one who said that you know i expressed my concerns about how tabletop magic would transfer over to a online game like this Mm -hmm. because I had played Hearthstone, I played a bit of Gwent, I played that um that card game Bethesda came out with a couple years ago. I love I love card games. Mm-hmm. But um I was I avoided this one when it came out because mm-hmm. the way that Magic the Gathering is on table, it's it's very there's a certain way it's done and it's very easy for it to be messed up, you know. Sure. So I avoided Magic the Gathering the arena for a long time, but I've been playing it for about a month now, mm-hmm. a little over a month, and it's been pretty fun. I haven't really gotten the chance to really expand my collection and figure out what deck I really, really like for sure. this one. But lately, I've been kind of climbing with this white-green enchant deck, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I noticed that the green decks seem pretty busted in Magic the Gathering <laughs> the Arena. I don't know. They have like huge 10 10 trample cards and things yes. like that 
Yeah, and especially and if you drop your Land of War elves or other like little mana dorks early on, you'll get to those big creatures so fast. So fast, yeah. And that just kind of seems to be the pattern that I'm running into that. And also, I played a bit last night as well, and I noticed that there's been a lot of um, lifelink token decks, like rush token decks that mm-hmm. you put down in enchant. I believe it's Azurize Blessing. Forgive me. I'm not super familiar it's, with Magic um... the Gathering or magic the arena it's uh, a a johnny a johnny's welcome maybe the one that gives you one life every time you summon a creature yes and <laughs> and then they just like spawn a bunch of like one costs and mm-hmm. i don't have anything to deal with that personally in my white green deck you know mm-hmm. so i end up losing in the sense that they're able to out sustain me which kind of ties back to what i was talking about how magic the gathering is so versatile you know you can play it any way you like and you might win yeah, I remember back when I played in in the old days, it felt like every color had its version of something. Like in black, yeah. you had, of course, the spell to kill anything. And then in white, you had its version. So mm-hmm. I think they've kind of separated that a little bit more rigidly for better or for worse. Like you right. don't quite kill things the same way in white as you do in black or green or whatever. But back yeah. in the day, like there was a card that I still remember. It was called Desert Twister. It was a six mana costed green spell that would destroy anything, uh, which mm-hmm. was a creature, uh, a land, now there were no planeswalkers back board. then. Well, it was one card. It, it would. <laughs> it was one spell that would destroy any card. But you know, nowadays oh green doesn't have that. Green doesn't have a way to like destroy one thing. One thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. have removal like that. Exactly, but that's again the testament to this puzzle that there's these colors. You can go with one color, but then you're missing something. So you go with another color, and then you mm-hmm. build this identity in your deck of two colors, maybe three colors maybe if you're. Three. Yeah, if you if you feel you need that little bit extra. I'm too scared to run three colors. I'm always doing two I colors. Yeah. I was about to ask you, if you run three colors, I'm too scared. Yeah, same here. I, I don't trust my my uh, deck building when it comes to three colors. Like, I'm too afraid I'm not going to get the colors I want, and then I can't play. I'm definitely not a... Um, I am not a deck brewer. That is not me. Mm-hmm. I, I do not know how to efficiently build a deck around one specific card. That is... That is something that I find so amazing when people can just do that, when they can see one card and they're like, yeah, I know what I'm going to make the rest of this deck. Oh, well, that that just comes from, you know, familiarity. The longer you play, the more you look at the cards, the more you battle other people, you start to absorb things like I'm not a pro. And we'll get to that question about skill level and such, but I'm not a pro, but I've been playing enough or perhaps too much (laughs) that I see the different cards and I kind of this one sticks with me. Oh, that one did a cool effect. Maybe I'll put it into my deck eventually. So it's just it's just about playing a little more and then things will stick. I hope. I hope if I, like, over the next couple of months, because I really like playing this game to unwind from my multiplayer games, even though this is still kind of multiplayer game, it's, like, more of, like, a relaxed multiplayer game, in mm-hmm. my opinion, compared to, like, Apex Legends or mm-hmm, anything sure. else other than hotness. that. Yeah, essentially. Um, so I believe in myself that I'll be able to really become familiar, like you said, with the amount of cards that are available and be able to figure out what my play style really calls to in accordance to color and deck size and things of that nature. Oh, definitely. So I started to play Arena. Okay, they started to do like the uh, really, really early 
alpha testing it apparently in late 2017. And oh, then wow. in early 2018, they put out emails or they put uh -huh. out a message saying, hey, send us an email and request the beta access code and we'll get back to you. So in about oh, okay. January 2018, I sent the email and then I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it was until April that they sent out those codes. So I was able oh, to wow. get in on there. So in a few months, it'll be a year, I guess, that I've been playing it. And then since uh, September, uh, September 2018 was the public beta, which now anyone can get it and download it. Right. Um, that's like the most when we've had this biggest rush of people playing. So right. it's just really cool to see the evolution of the game, how it gets more intuitive, slicker. It really feels like magic. There's a lot of new players and it's really cool. That is really, really neat. I did not know that they worked on this game for so long. That's why everything transferred over so well. Yeah, exactly. This is a 25-year-old game with thousands of cards, but what they've done is they've limited to the standard, uh, the standard, uh, what do they call it? Standard format in terms yeah, of it's, say. Yeah. it's only the last few sets, which is only 1,300 cards, but that's 1,300 cards they had to program mm -hmm. and interactions and make it feel like from tabletop over to digital. Yeah, and not only that, some of them are legendaries too, which I really love their legendary animations in this game. Yeah, It's really, really easy in a card game to have your card animations look tacky or repetitive or like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm sick of seeing this kind of thing. But in this game, it's always very, very refreshing. Yeah, they, like it. they don't, uh, they're not a intrusive like they they appear and they're done and they're fun and they don't, you know, they're eye catching, but they don't slow things down. Exactly, exactly. So since you've got some experience with tabletop magic and magic arena, what would you consider your skill level? Like beginning, intermediate, advanced? Like what would you say? I would put myself probably at intermediate only because I'm definitely not beginner in the sense that like, you know, I know, okay, I'm going to place down my enchantment. That's, that's going to give me plus one life before I put down these two and I'm going to put down this creature so that I can cast this instant and give it a counter, mm -hmm. you know, and, thing, and things like that, you know, things that beginners will kind of like, oops, and just like, yes. kind of fumble, which is something that happens. So I, I really thank a lot of my real life experience for that, because I played with friends who did not go easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> they just kicked my ass over and over again at Magic the Gathering, and you get better. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Better. That's what I heard that, you know, if you want to get better, play with people that are better and uh, yep. eventually you'll stop losing. Yep. Eventually you'll you'll beat them and they'll look at you so surprised. Mm -hmm. Or and they'll like, say, I did it. Or they'll say, you know, the baby bird has left the nest. Yes, exactly. As they swap to their other deck. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, God. A new challenger approaches. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm a little bit towards the intermediate level as well, even though I, I played back in the day, but like I lost all that knowledge and there were mechanics no, from no. back in the day that have uh, just totally gone extinct. Like, do you know the concept of mana burn? Mana burn. Yeah, this was a concept that if you tapped, you know, three lands, which would create uh -huh. three mana, and you yeah. did not use all of that three mana by the end of your turn, it would actually uh -oh. deal three damage to you. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, so, oh. So when you have these, uh, when you have these effects that like double your mana or whatever, like you had to use it, or it would also hurt you. Wow. You know what? That actually makes sense. That yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Why didn't they keep that around? 
there's been articles about like, well, it was too weird for beginners or I don't know. Sometimes they just want to uh, change things up. up and I don't know. I, I thought it was cool because in it's magic is always sort of like fighting with itself about story and concept versus playability. So yeah. conceptually, yeah, we're wizards battling each other, uh, summoning creatures. And it would right. make sense that if I overextend my magic powers, I hurt myself. Yeah. But they took it away for whatever reason, and now we, we don't have that anymore. You almost kind of lose that like role-playing aspect. Yeah, but um, I think they make up for it in a lot of ways in having so many great characters that you can also relate to in the card art and... Um, you know, see yourself as a person like, yes. Uh, so one of my favorite cards is Etrata. Uh, what's her full name? Etrata something assassin or something. Anyway, she's unblockable. Mm -hmm. And oh. as soon as she gets through and does damage, she exiles one of the opponent's creatures. Mm -hmm. And uh, then she shuffles herself back into the deck. So it's oh, really right. fun. And uh, <laughs> I really, really like that. Fun. Yeah, I really like that character because, again, it's the black and blue colors mm -hmm. and she's like a vampire assassin in her type line and everything and it's like wow that's really cool and that's fun and i relate to that somehow yeah that's nice <laughs> i've i've had a lot of people ask me if my handle lilianda is sure. attributed to liliana yes <laughs> the card and i was like no no I she like, copied me yeah i was like no it was just it was it was actually an accident i don't know how many people believe me about that but it was mm -hmm. actually an accident <laughs> fell in love with Magic the Gathering after I had this handle. Oh, okay. And then it was a nice surprise. I was like, wow, it's like a piece of me was like hidden in this game. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Have you pulled very many uh planeswalker cards in tabletop? Um, oh man. Let me let me see if I can like actually find my deck right now because I have a really, really, really cool black sure, planeswalker. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I have not used these in so long. <laughs> Do they have any cool... Hint to Torak. Um, ooh, you have a hint to Torak? <laughs> I love that card. I have four of these. <laughs> mm -hmm. From the original Fallen Empires set, or which set is that? Uh, this is just my, my homebrew set. No, but I mean uh, the, the hint to Torak, or the, what printing is that? Does it have a, like a little symbol on the right corner of a little crown? It does. Okay, so cool. That's the original Fallen Empire set from back in my day, 1994. And yeah. I love that old set. That's one of the most powerful cards in that set, which was otherwise very, very weak. I, I ended up... Uh, <laughs> I actually bought a couple of these cards from my friend because he had a bunch of boxes mm. of Magic the Gathering stuff. And I said, hey, let me give you $20 for all of these boxes of stuff. Nice. And then he gave it to me. Mm -hmm. So it worked out. Sorry, I'm digging through my huge pile of cards right now to find my Planeswalker. She should be on the front, but she's not. Ooh, that one's a shiny one. <laughs> Ultimate price. Destroyed target monocolored creature. Love these removal decks. Yes. There's always an answer for uh, for the right problem. Yeah, and what's nice is that you're able to counter it as long as you have what you need. So... Mm -hmm. Put counters in your decks, everyone. Mm -hmm. Ah, there she is, Braska. She's a cool Gorgon, right? Yeah, she's um, yeah, she is amazing. Wow, she has like snakes in her hair and everything. Yeah. She is a three cost, one black, one green, but three general mana. Yeah, 
Very, very nice. And what's nice is that she she spawns with five, and you can immediately use her minus three to just get rid of a creature that yes. you don't want around. Mm -hmm. So, all yeah. in all, great, great That's draw. like such great uh, flavor in that because she's a Gorgon. So right mm -hmm. away, she can do her minus three to turn someone into stone and get yep. rid of them. So that's a great card. I I, uh, I think one of the people in my playgroup in real life has that card, and he, he's always happy to to summon her because she's just so so powerful. Isn't her so like useful. final abilities like really devastating? The minus eight or nine or whatever? Uh, the minus seven, it says, put three 1-1 one, one black assassins creatures onto the battlefield with, quote, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. <laughs> Beautiful. Pretty, pretty fun card. Yes. You know? Always happy to spawn her. This was leaning towards uh, the question that I was going to ask about, well, what's your favorite single card at the moment? Would you be able to uh, focus on, on Arena or just what any, what any kind of magic card do you like at the moment? Um, you're going to hate me because I cannot remember the name of it right now, but it's, um, a white card and it's in Magic the Gathering, the arena, mm -hmm. and it is a vampire creature. And I think he might be a 2-2, two -two. I'm mm -hmm. unsure, but he allows me to deal two damage to the opponent whenever I gain life. And yeah. I put down that enchantment where I gain one life per creature that is summoned. Mm -hmm. And then... I usually am able to summon a couple of creatures, and I was actually able to win a game mm -hmm. off that. And it was really, really nice. So that's probably my favorite card right now. That's cool. I had a vampire deck recently, too. But yeah, no worries. There's just so many cards. I'm sure it's like, you know, Vampire Lord of the Mists or something. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, it's it's uh, sounds like you've got a good combo engine going on with the, with the other enchantment that gains you life, and then they lose life, and you gain life, and sounds good. I really want to expand my vampire deck, but I was looking at the the mythic crafting system, which I also find really unique to this game. And it doesn't look like there's that many vampire cards available. So I think I'm just gonna like wait and see if maybe more get like dropped or I don't know. Because the ones that I have right now, I kind of wanna make more of like like a flying vampire deck. Yeah, there aren't that many. That's when I was trying to craft my deck, there were only like maybe three flying vampires even though you would think most vampires would fly so why don't would they fly. all fly yeah yeah but i'm not here to be a complainer <laughs> i'm happy with with my vampire deck that i crafted it's pretty good have you heard of this website called scryfall.com what is that so it's S-C-R-Y-F-A-L-L, scryfall.com, and it's a great uh -huh. search engine that lets you search magic cards. So really? you could go in there and search, you know, keyword vampire and only show me what's, uh, what's available on Arena. So you could then have it uh, filter and give you only what you're looking for. That's awesome. I have it open right now so that if I have to do that again, I can do it right sure. here. Yeah. So I was saying earlier, I think one of my favorite cards at the moment is, let me look up her name exactly, because I know it's Atrada, but there's something else. Oh, there we go. Atrada the Silencer. So that's the one that I'm talking about. She's a vampire assassin. Uh, mm -hmm. She's black, blue, and then two more mana. And uh, Atrada cannot be cannot be blocked. So she's definitely oh. going to do three damage. She's a three, five, so she can absorb five damage, does three damage. And then the wow. cool part, whenever she deals combat damage, Exile target creature that player controls and put a hit counter on that card. That Ooh. player loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with hit counters on them. 
And then after she does her hit, it then says uh, Etrata, Etrata's owner shuffles Etrata back into the library. So she, oh she comes goodness. back again to assassinate eventually. Wow. That is awesome. That is so cool. Yeah, the only issue is she's legendary, so you can only have one at a time on the board. But right. um, I'm happy with that if she can get in and, and do her assassinating. That is so awesome. Are there any decks uh, on Arena that you've uh, really been focusing <laughs> on? Uh, I know you said you've got your uh, vampire deck and you had a blue, I mean, a green-black deck. What's what's that one about? Um, well, I had a white-green one. Okay, white-green, uh-huh. Um, well, it was a it was an enchant deck that I was trying out. Um, it was one that I actually brewed myself, so mm. it's like kind of iffy, but you know, it's it's really fun to play. I what I really wanted to capture was the hard hitting cards that the green color offers, and mm -hmm. also playing on the life link that the white cards offer. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that's a really strong combination that I don't really see that often. But the problem that I'm having is that I don't really have enough early game creature cards to mm -hmm. sustain until I get to that those late game hard hitting cards. So it's about like figuring out that balance. There is a one casting cost hawk called uh -huh. Healer's Hawk. Uh -huh. uh, so that one might be fun because it's a white card for one uh -huh. single white mana on turn oh, okay. one. You can get this wow. bird that is a flying lifelink bird, and it's only a 1-1, one, one, but you've got a blocker, and you've got something that's giving you a little bit of life here and there, and a flyer on turn one. So that might be something cool to put in uh, in the early game. And then when you put enchantments yeah. and such out, you can make it stronger. That is cool. Um, That would actually go really well with... It's called Ajani's Mate, I believe, yeah. where it's a cat creature and you gain a plus one, plus one for each life that you gain. Yeah, exactly. It might synergize really well with that because I think I can put that down at turn two. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Noted. Put the bird out on turn one, then the the pride mate on turn two, and you're attacking with the bird, and then with you gain life, and suddenly you've got a 3-3 three, three cat, and then next turn you're attacking with that 3-3 three, three pride mate. Yeah. So I've Hi. I've tried to I'm put together <laughs> I've tried to put together a cat deck uh once in a while. Uh, so I definitely have that Pride Mate. And there's another one, I think it's a Johnny's Vanguard or something. This is another cat that you gain life. The four four. Yes, yeah, the war leader, exactly. I love that and one. You, and then you get two one ones with lifelink when you're attacking. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. one of my favorite cards also. Wow. Cat decks are a thing? Maybe Definitely. I am a beginner. I didn't even know those, those were a thing. <laughs> well, there's so many creature types that you would think, well, it's all about dragons and zombies and stuff. But no, there's cats in there. There's cat soldiers. Yeah. So you can make a cat deck. Uh, it seems to, to wax and wane between sets about how many of a certain creature type there are. And it seems that at the moment there's an okay number of cats. But yeah. apparently a few sets ago there were more cats. But I'm wow. always trying to make a nice cat deck just, uh, just for fun. Have you ever made a Merfolk deck? No. Um, for some reason, I'm not too interested in them, even though I hear that they can be pretty powerful and they synergize very well. But I guess, uh, you know, I don't want my cats to eat those fish, so I'm not uh, quite brewing that. <laughs> I um, I tried myself. I tried to make a Merfolk deck only because I saw the card where 
oh god, I'm pretty sure it spawns as like a 1-3 and it can't be blocked. <laughs> and you can just seriously buff that. I was thinking about making a, a blue-green deck <laughs> with that, but I don't know. I was just curious if you have tried that yourself. From what I've seen uh, against opponents, it seems like a green blue merfolk deck does seem to work because the creatures are pretty low cost and then yeah. you can buff other creatures there's this one merfolk that gives every other merfolk plus one plus one and yeah. it's not legendary so if you get two or three or four of them suddenly your small merfolk are big merfolk and you're overwhelming your opponent yeah and you've bought enough time because now it's round seven or turn seven and you can put down your 12 12 with yes. trample exactly. like, <laughs> mm -hmm. they add up yeah absolutely what's been a cool or funny or weird moment that you've had on magic arena so far honestly i think the weirdest moment was i was doing traditional ranked and mm -hmm. um this person was not sideboarding ever which is already <laughs> weird yes. um and then we get down to the final round and truthfully they're beating me like mm -hmm. they are they are beating me and i end up killing two of their creatures and we were one to one at this point so whoever won this game mm. was going to win mm -hmm. and they just conceded interesting they just conceded and i know that seems really lame as like the most weird thing that's ever happened but it's because those traditional ranked games they take a long time yeah they take a while and we were both one-to-one -one, and we both played that whole game out mm -hmm. and i don't know what happened like i don't know if they just had to leave mm -hmm. or if like that was all they had and i just like ruined their whole plan or i don't know <laughs> what happened but i've i have never had someone concede after we had put 30 minutes into yeah. a traditional ranked game well, that's, that's definitely a moment, uh, a memorable moment. Yeah, who knows what happened with them because did they need to leave? Uh, was something burning in the kitchen? Did their laptop uh, <laughs> suddenly run out of power? Like, who knows? Yeah, it was just really odd. Mm -hmm. But um, I also saw someone make like a 34-34 dragon <laughs> in front of me. That was really, that was something. I'm, I'm sure you hear that all the time on your podcast. <laughs> But that was exciting. It was when I like just started too. Mm -hmm. It was great. So uh, <laughs> you you didn't survive that one? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just just checking. No, I was I wasn't running my uh, sustain deck, so I had mm -hmm. like eleven health, <laughs> and it was bad. I don't know if I've gotten a creature up that big, but I feel that I have gotten perhaps some sort of like yeah, like nineteen nineteen creature or something. Probably a cat with with a bunch of lifelink. Uh, right. Those are pretty fun. So I had Makes a sense. I had a moment uh, recently where I was just uh, I like I like to make my own decks always from scratch and like I don't want to disparage anyone that you know copies and pastes a deck because everyone plays the same way plays the way they want to play it's all fun right but I like to make my own decks even though they don't win and all of that um, it feels personal exactly you know and I'm, I'm yeah. and I'm a platinum level not to brag but anyway um, mm -hmm. I uh, that's <laughs> I, right. I, uh, I've made my own decks that way, but I, I don't hold illusions that I'm going to get up to Diamond and Mythic eventually because the decks that I play are not really going to be that great against the tier decks. But right. anyway, I saw a, a tweet from some um, you know Magic player that's uh, pretty good, and I mm -hmm. said, let me try this out. And it was my first like mono blue 
Um, okay. Uh, sort of like mono blue aggro merfolk e ish deck. And I've never had a mono deck before. Those can work all right because you don't have to worry about your mana base. It's like I've always got the right color of mana. I just need to have the spells to use it. So uh, single color blue, I don't play that at all. And Mm -hmm. I followed this deck list and I didn't have every piece of the puzzle. So I had to um, sort of swap in. Yeah, swap in a few other things. And and then I I won like three games in a row. I'm like, hmm, there might be something to this deck. So I was suddenly like, I might have found a new deck to play with. Interesting. So that yeah, was... I, I I try not to uh, you know hate on people mm-hmm. that copy and paste decks, you know. But like like you said, there is something about you know crafting a deck and being able to tweak every part of it and being able to like adjust and know what you put in there that didn't work that time, so you take it back out. You know, yeah. I feel like that's a lot harder to do when you're taking a deck from a website and putting it all together and then just going into a game and just like trying it out it's going to feel very like foreign because you didn't put those cards together yeah and i would hope that the people that that do go through that route you know read your cards and play with it and interact with them so you know how it fully works because i'm sure the other people that put it together they put in the big old time and effort to figure (laughs) out the interactivity so you should as well so that you know oh at this point i got to do this card or do this card before that that card And then I give them a little more props. But yes, people can play however they want. It's all good. Uh, it's yeah. a big old world and everyone can play and we're we're all invited. Yes. That's like another thing. I'm going to kind of like wrap back to one of the questions that you asked me about like ad- mm-hmm. like what I wish I could like or what I wish I knew rather mm-hmm. when I first started playing is stuff like that. How important card order is. Card order is so important in this game because you can really throw around by putting your cards down in the wrong order Mm -hmm. it's crazy and you don't get punished like that in any other card game (laughs) any other card game you can put down cards any way you want Mm -hmm. realistically Mm -hmm. and i'm talking specifically about order because like that is so important in magic the gathering my goodness there's definitely uh, when you do it wrong, it sticks because, oh, I did it wrong. So let me do it right the next time. That mm-hmm. happened to me in that, in that mono blue deck. There's a, there's a sing, there's a white card, uh, there's a blue card called Curious Obsession that yeah. you, uh, put it on another creature. It gives it plus one, plus one. But the best thing about it is when it does damage, you can draw a card. Well, oh. my problem was, Oh, and then the other stipulation in the card is if you didn't attack, the card destroys itself. So oh. I summoned the the single one-drop blue creature, and then right away I put the obsession on it, but I couldn't oh. attack because of summoning sickness, so then the card <sighs> destroyed itself because I didn't attack. Oh, no! Oh, no! <sighs> but you learn, and exactly. you don't do it again. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> I feel like more more like teenagers should play Magic the Gathering. It is really a learning experience, you know, mm-hmm. about like really messing something up, losing a game, and then just like looking out for it the next time to prevent it. Yeah, really problem problem solving and uh, learning and all of that. So it, it really is a great game, not just a distraction, but it's a good mind game and a social game. So it's it's just a great game kind of like a brain teaser if you think about it Mm -hmm. this this whole game because you have to figure out like okay well if i attack with these 
what if he summons a creature with haste? What does he have? It's kind of a, it's its own version of chess. If you mm. think about it, you know, you're trying to play two steps ahead of everyone else. It's really interesting. Exactly. And I don't know if this is way too pessimistic, but when I play, I think, okay, I, I'm assuming my opponent is always 1000% better than me. So how can I, how can I, uh, how can I win? If I have all my perfect cards, I can win. And if I play perfectly, I can win. And again, yep. that's, that's way too pessimistic, but uh, sometimes uh, that's how I play and, and, it, and it works out. <laughs> no, I know, I, I know what you mean by that, because I think it's better to overestimate your enemy like that because if you go in there and you're like oh i'm just better than this person mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna pull out some crazy legendary cards you have not even seen mm -hmm. and it's it's just gonna happen like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> tragic now as you've been playing uh tabletop magic and magic arena do you have any thoughts on what would you like to improve about it like maybe the game or the community or the company or any any thoughts on maybe improvements in the game like like i brief like i brought up just a couple of minutes ago i i feel like you know if we kind of encouraged younger people to play this game cuz i know that i know young kids suck all right they suck <laughs> but look we want to include them in what we're doing so we don't look like jerks. Yeah. <laughs> we want to teach them how to play Magic the Gathering. Yes, they do Fortnite dances. But <laughs> if they learn how to play Magic the Gathering, I bet you they'll love it. And like I said, it's really good for their brain. It's really good to have them get frustrated but still have to work through something. You know? Mm -hmm. It's a great game. I love this game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good point in terms of like um passing on knowledge to a younger generation and also giving them opportunities to to grow and to learn and become better people and become good members of society and i think yeah we could do it with a card game i agree you could do it with with anything and that's that's kind of another thing that i do also is i do a little bit of dungeons and dragons too mm -hmm. that's another thing that's i i feel on the same wavelength about with magic the gathering and dnd about you know the more we outreach to the younger generation, the younger people with this kind of stuff, it's it's going to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to survive and thrive and it's going to be amazing. Like mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my nieces to play Dungeons and Dragons with me just mm -hmm. so they can learn how to problem solve and critical thinking and be creative and learn how to express yourself through a medium. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Magic the Gathering, D&D, art, whatever. Mm -hmm. Can you narrow it down if it's possible? What's one thing that you love about Magic? Um, the one thing I love about Magic is the fact that you, you never know what your opponent has for you. You kind of think you know when you, lo when you get into the load screen or when you sit down at the table. Mm -hmm. you, you think you know what your opponent has, but then they always surprise you. Mm -hmm. Through the game, you're always surprised. It's very rare when you play a game of Magic the Gathering when you're not surprised. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let, let's be honest. Almost every game I play, I'm like, wow, that was cool. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I've never seen that card do that with that yes. before you know like it's so it's so it's so unique and in that way it's incredibly refreshing too i think so i i don't doubt that if two people had the exact same deck and then after they shuffle up that there will not be any game that is exactly the same 
because of just the variety of good luck or bad luck or good shuffling or bad shuffling or even choices to make. If two people have the same hand at that moment, uh, who's going to do the first move? Who's going to play their first creature? Who's going to do their removal spell? Who's going to do whatever? So yeah, it's exactly. just a great thing about that game that it's uh, such variety. I would love to see that actually two people playing the exact same deck and see just like how the game goes. Mm-hmm. Actual same deck, same mm-hmm. exact deck. Mm-hmm. It would be so entertaining. I think a lot of people would love to see that too, because that just like plays on our point, you know, about how every game is different. Everyone plays different. Everyone mm-hmm. has different card order. Everyone has different priority. You know, some people may think it's important to remove that 2-2 flying with lifelink. Mm-hmm. Some person might not. You never know. Now, let me ask you this. In tabletop magic, how do you hold your cards, meaning the order? Like, do you put them in any sort of order? For myself, Mm. I like putting my lands at the beginning (gasps) and then my creatures and everything else behind it in order of casting cost. Is that that weird? Yep. (laughs) Nope. That's exactly how I hold my hand, too. And then I'm sitting there for like two minutes before I put down anything, just putting... (laughs) putting everything in order. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Well, then if I want to get really hardcore, I also have to alphabetize them. Mm. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) If if I'm holding on to a creature for long enough, I'll end up putting like, you know, I will prioritize them according to like, uh, which one I feel like I'm going to be getting rid of Mm. sooner. Mm. You know, like if, if, if there's an enchantment, but it's like four cost and there's like a, I am able to like curve out essentially with the rest of my hand. Um, I'll place that at the front in front of my lands so that Mm -hmm. I'm like in a way reminding myself like you need to put down this enchantment for it to be relevant, you know, to kind of help myself because I know I am forgetful sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just so many moving pieces. I know that in in tabletop, I, I might forget things here and there. But the cool thing about Arena is that it also teaches you and reminds you and it, and it pauses like, hey, you have something to do if you want to do it. So I think that's also a great way to learn tabletop magic with real people. Play a little bit of Arena because that'll also kind of guide you on how to play in real life. I was actually just about to bring that up about how Magic the Gathering Arena is kind of a teacher for this game. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. I love that. Do you organize your cards in your hand in Arena either? Wait, I can do that? Yeah, you can Stop. drag. <laughs> you can drag Stop. the card from the bottom to the left, to the right, wherever you want. I don't do it, but I'm just wondering if you do. Wow. I mean, now I'm going to. <laughs> now I'm absolutely going to do that. I have not even messed with that, really. That's crazy. See, that's how much time that like I need to spend submerse into this game i'm gonna like play all night tonight exactly the weekend is coming so you've got a you've got a homework assignment to do exactly besides magic uh i guess there's other hobbies that exist in the world so do you have any other (laughs) non-magic hobbies that you're into um well i like to go to the beach uh my work kind of takes up a lot of like my time so Mm -hmm. um I spend a, a lot of my time with my nieces. I play a lot of other video games. Um, I go to the beach. I go to LA sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just like a handful of things. It's like a toss-up. It it depends on how much time I have available that day. Mm-hmm. That'll determine what I'm able to do. <laughs> 
I uh, I live in an area. I'm down in Southern California, San Diego area, and I live uh, out in the area where there's like some nice hiking trails and all of that. So I like going out Very there nice. in nature and hike around and get some good views. And there's actually a little bit of snow to the mountains that are like maybe 30 or 40 miles east. Uh, oh, so wow. that's really nice because uh, there's never snow down here. Uh, we're both on the West Coast, right? Yes, we are. So, you know, we don't get uh, that kind of weather that often. And so it's really nice to drive to work and look east and, whoa, there's snow right over there. And um, I haven't been there very recently to to frolic in it. But like I said, I live around in, uh, in a little kind of area with trails and such. So that's one of my hobbies, just to turn off the computer, go outside and go hiking or running in these in these trails. I know that that weather is crazy. It should make your... Hiking, rather interesting, right? All icy yeah. and snowy, my goodness. <laughs> Just bundle up and, uh, and it'll probably Get be on okay. out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it snowed actually. It snowed here. It was insane. I, I went and picked my nieces up from school because it was actually snowing here. And, you know, like, like you said, it's very rare when that happens. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it stuck for a little bit. Not for very long, but mm-hmm. the snow actually stayed along the mountains around our town. So mm-hmm. is is rather nice, actually. What was really weird for us a few days ago was I, I was in downtown San Diego, and that's a little closer to the water. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we were driving on a block looking for a restaurant, and then it started to hail. Oh, Suddenly, wow. I'm like, wow, it's hailing. So we were rounding the block to find a parking space. And by the time we finished rounding the block, it stopped hailing. Uh-huh. And then the uh, the little hail pellets had also melted. So it's like <gasps> this was such a, an event. Like wow. uh, suddenly hail, suddenly it's gone. And wow. it's just pretty cool. So fleeting, the weather in California always. <laughs> yes. It's ridiculous. Well, as we wind down, do you have any final thoughts on anything magic related? I love this game, man. I'm going to play more of it. You got me all hyped up on it now. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Is there anything you'd like to promote again? Come to New Metagaming. We will love you and have you (laughs) and cherish you. And follow me on Twitter, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Great. I'll put that all in the show notes. And um, I don't know how much reach my podcast has at the moment. But if you see a few people there, then I guess VM Campos uh, sent them to you. All right. As for myself, I'm over on Twitter.com slash VMCampos. I'm on YouTube, YouTube.com slash VMCamposJR. I had to put the JR in there because someone else took my name. Wow. Uh, I'm on uh, VMCampos.com. I've got stuff there. I'm on Patreon, Patreon.com slash VMCampos. Over there, I actually have various tiers. If people sign up for the $2 tier, I will actually send people a booster pack full of vintage magic cards guaranteed to be 20 years old straight from my collection so uh those are the couple of things i like to promote and um thank you so much leanda for being on the podcast thank you so much again for having me i'm looking forward to talking to you more about magic also thank you same here this has been vm campos and i'll see you in the arena 